Hi, listeners. Welcome to the She Speaks Life podcast, a weekly encouragement where we share our God stories. I'm your host, Jamie Elizabeth, and I am so glad you are spending time with us today to listen. Hi, friends. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to this week's episode. We have a special guest today, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith who will be talking about the importance of rest in our lives. She is a board-certified internal medicine physician, a motivational speaker, and author of numerous books, including the one we will be talking about called Sacred Rest. She has been featured in many media outlets, including Prevention, MSNBC, Women's Day, Psychology Today, Fox, and the well-known Dr. Oz Show. Her book, Sacred Rest, gives groundbreaking insight on the seven types of rest needed to optimize your productivity, increase your overall happiness, overcome burnout, and live your best life. Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith, it's an honor to have you. Thank you for coming on here to share your story with us. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I am so interested in your story, uh, what was your experience with burnout and how did that become a book for you? You talked about the the seven different steps of rest. So I would love to hear all about that. Yes. Well, it started off really just in my day-to-day practice as a physician. I think a part of me has always wondered why so many people came in all the time com- complaining of being tired. And I couldn't find a medical reason for their fatigue. Sleep wasn't helping. You know, nothing was helping. Hit home when I was the one with the same complaints and couldn't find a medical reason. And during that time is when I was really busy. I had two toddlers at home. My sons were 21 months apart. So I recall one day coming home from picking them up at daycare. An extremely long day of work. And I remember just putting them in front of the TV you know, with the cartoons playing and laying out on my four-year floor. And it was just in that moment, I felt so defeated. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd spent most of my career um, and my life really working towards my career. And, you know, at that time, I had the career I wanted that I and the family that I prayed for. You know, everything looked so great on the outside, but it didn't feel good to live. I felt horrible. Physically, I hurt. My weight had ballooned to the highest it had ever been. My mental status was not in a good place. My emotions were not in a good place. And so laying on that floor, it was as if it was the first time I had stopped long enough to even let God kind of into the moment. Mm -hmm. But laying on that floor, I just really felt like God was saying to me, is this the life that you really want? Is this, is this truly what you've been working for? And if it is, why is it not satisfying you? And I think that's when it started to dawn on me that there is some component of the work that I was missing because I did enjoy the work, but he took me through a process of learning the importance of rest and how rest actually helps you enjoy the work. It helps you be able to do the work more efficiently. It helps you to be able to keep a smile on your face and stay in a place of joy and peace while you're working and that they're not kind of this one or the other, you're either working or you're resting, that there is a lifestyle of rest that you can live that really keeps him in the middle of all the work. 
So what are the types of rest? I know there's a distinction between sleep and rest that you define, and there's then the different types of rest that you've discovered while you're going through this burnout process. Yes. Well, the seven different types are physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, social, sensory, and creative. Wow. Okay. That's a lot, right? (laughs) (laughs) Think about, (laughs) which is great. So define each one. The three that most people are somewhat familiar with, the physical, mental, and the spiritual, I'll start with those. Physical rest, I think most of us automatically start thinking of sleeping and napping, and that is a type of physical rest. That's the passive type of physical rest. The part that many people don't think about are the active types of physical rest that help you to improve your muscle flexibility, that help with circulation and lymphatics drainage. So those type of restful activities would include things like prayer walks, stretching, really anything that helps your body to release tension and to kind of get back to a calm state. So that's what physical rest looks like. It's the restoration of the physical body back to that calm state. And and honestly, all types of rest, if we had to kind of give it a word to try to help people identify what rest is, rest is really restorative activities where you're restoring yourself back to a, a healthy place in whichever of these seven areas we're talking about. Okay, I can relate to the physical one because I enjoy working out, but I I feel rejuvenated in that restoration that you're talking about. It's it's something that I need and it's like a outlet, a release, but it's what you were just saying. It's the type of rest. Oh, that's the first time I've heard that. That's awesome. Well, I think that's why so many people um, really omit rest because they're not looking at it as a, what are the thing they're thinking rest is simply the cessation of activity that stopping yeah. is rest and stopping does not, does not necessarily restore any of these seven areas. So mm-hmm. you, you have to be mindful of how do I pour back into the places of my life where I'm pouring out. So like mentally, uh, mental rest would look like, well, let me start off with what mental rest looks like when you have a deficit, because I think many people have a mental rest deficit and don't really recognize it. Mm -hmm. But if you're someone who tries to go to sleep at night, and you can't get your brain to shut up, your mind's going through all of the conversations you had earlier in the day, you're thinking Mm -hmm. about your to do list for tomorrow, you're brainstorming, you know, you have all this stuff running through your head, when you're trying to go to sleep, that's a sign that you have a mental rest problem, a deficit yeah, in that, that area. That would be my husband for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I could shut yeah. everything down because I'm too tired. But him, he'll be, that's more of his thing. Yeah. So for those people who have that tendency to kind of ruminate over thoughts, then mm-hmm. a way to get mental rest would be, could be something as simple as having a piece of paper at the side of the bed before they go to sleep to jot down or brain dump as some people state, yeah, you know, all of those thoughts out so that they're not continuing to just rummage around into your thought patterns. Also, for people who have a tendency to have negative ruminating thoughts, like something happens in the day, and the whole rest of the day, you're thinking, I'm never going to get this right. You know, I'm horrible at this idea. I'm a horrible mom, whatever the negative thought pattern that's Mm -hmm. cycling, a way to break that would be 
consider picking instead of picking an entire scripture to maybe to recite, maybe pick a characteristic of God, one word that you need to to focus on that's related to your relationship with God that will take you back to a positive mindset. So maybe it's something like beloved or I'm accepted or redeemed. And so you're, you're not allowing your brain to have to continue on this kind of negative loop. You're giving it something positive to direct it towards. So good. And when you were experiencing that burnout, were, were these the things that you just started applying in your life and noticed, wow, I'm starting to feel better? Well, I'm, I'm a researcher by nature. So when I have yeah. a personal issue that I'm uh, dealing yeah. with, yeah, so I have a tendency to go to the research. And so, you know, honestly, the very first thing I started researching was sleep because mm-hmm. I thought I'm tired. I must just need more sleep. Yes. And then when I was getting eight hours of sleep or more a night and still waking up exhausted, yeah. that's when it really hit me. Sleep is not the issue here. No. <laughs> Some other part of me is tired and I've got to figure out what else is tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have all been there where we just think about how many hours of sleep we had and we're like, why are we still tired? Why am I still tired? You know? And I think while we're talking recording this, we're in the middle of this pandemic. And I get a lot of people saying how tired they are. And we're all Mm -hmm. got these different sleeping patterns or staying up later, maybe sleeping in later, getting eight to nine hours, but people are still exhausted. So there's something else other than just how many hours of sleep we're getting. Yes. And so that's the thing about really recognizing which of the seven types of rest you have a deficit in. And that's where Mm -hmm. the the quiz concept came in. I had so many of my patients, even after knowing the seven types and discussing it with them, you know, a lot would say, I need all seven. And, you know, yes, we all need all seven (laughs) technically, but we're not usually deficient in all seven. There's usually one, maybe two that you have a true deficit in if you're feeling tired. And those are the ones where if you focus your attention on getting rest in those areas and you start restoring the deficit in that area, that's when you start feeling better. That's Mm -hmm. when you start noticing a change. Mm -hmm. So in the spiritual rest, is that prayer, reading God's word, what we think of spiritual rest to be? Well, it's really more focusing on the relationship aspect of our interaction with God. Yeah. And I have a lot of people who will tell me, well, I get plenty of spiritual rest. I do Bible study and, mm-hmm. you know, these things. Well, that's actually work. You're, you're putting forth an effort. You're learning about God, but it's not the same as just spending time in his presence, just focused time in his presence without agenda, mm-hmm. without trying to learn anything. I tell people to consider it the same way you would with a dear friend. Yeah. You don't necessarily have time with a dear friend where every time you're expecting them to answer something, to give you something, to teach you something. There are times that you're just spending time knowing each other just by being in each other's presence. And that's a quality of of spiritual rest that I think many people don't get as much of anymore because we don't see it as being as important as maybe reading our Bible or doing Mm -hmm. a Bible study. It's Mm -hmm. just as important. Yeah, it really is. I have that own experience where 
sometimes I just have this burning desire just to not journal, not dive into maybe my Bible study homework right away, but just sit in his presence and just pray. Let him pour into me instead of having me do the usual thing, routine that I do every morning, right? Because it can get kind of routine and then you lose the aspect of having that intimacy because then it turns into do, 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 and you're checking off more of a list than really just enjoying God and his holy presence. Absolutely. And I, and one thing I, I told you, I'm a geek. So one of the things that I learned in research that really just floored me when I read these studies were studies about prayer and how when they looked at the brain of someone who was praying compared to the same activity that the brain has when someone's talking to a person that's right in front of them, that there are actually this very same patterns laid down in the brain when you're talking to God as when you are talking to a person. And so there's an imprint on the brain of that conversation. And so I think it's important to kind of to keep that in mind that this isn't just kind of you're praying to an unseen God and it's kind of out there, you know, out there kind of that, you know, something Uh is chemically happening during those times where to you, it's as if you had a conversation with someone who was right in front of you. So good and so true. I mean, the last thing that we actually feel like doing when we're overwhelmed, when we're stressed, it's we should automatically go into prayer, but for some reason we just hold off and then it's like, oh yeah, you know, plan B, pray. And <laughs> it needs to be our plan A because man, as soon as I go into prayer time, I feel so much better afterward. And there's reason why God told us, Jesus was like, pray, 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 because we're giving it over to him. And so that we don't have to carry that heavy burden. And he instantly gives us peace. And it's something too, that we pass on to the kids because they're not constantly thinking, oh, I've got to, you know, pray about this test. And I notice as a mom, when I drop them off at school, I'll intentionally say, you got a test. Well, yeah. Did you pray? Not yet. Okay. Let's pray about it. And you can see that that burden, I mean, that's just lifted off of them. And then we can see, well, how did you do on that test? And so many times they're like, oh my gosh, I I did great. I, I didn't think I'd be so good. It definitely is so important for that to be the first responder routine, making it into what we do is we automatically go into prayer when we're just feeling overwhelmed and stressed. So true. And an example that really stood out to me during my specifically spiritual rest, because, you know, as a Christian, I felt like, you know, I got that one down, I go to church, I read my Bible, you know, I was like, you know, that's not one that I'm missing in. Something that 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 I felt like God had prompted me to do in the researching of this book was to read through Genesis, because that's where rest is first introduced. Well, I felt like he kept me in that book for over a year, reading kind of the same chapters over and over and over again. And I recall one day getting to a point, I was like, God, what am I not getting from this book that I don't feel released to kind of go and read anything else? And I went back to that section where, you know, on day six, men's created, and we, we hear about he's, you know, telling them, to subdue the earth, to multiply all of these things. And then I'm like, okay, so God, yes. Then we go into day seven. And what hit me for the first time was what is man doing during day seven when God's resting? 
And I started really searching the scripture and there's no talk of actually work being done really until chapter two. So all of this is in chapter one. There's no talk of work till chapter two. And it finally just kind of like in light, it kind of hit me. That's where we're missing it. You know, all of us have gone through this pattern of thinking that when the work is done, then I'll rest. But the scriptural basis of how God showed it was the, the first day man was created. You know, he was created midday on the sixth day after the animals that entire time, God was speaking into man, telling them who, tell them who they are, what they're to do, giving them their identity. And then before the work was ever done, the next full day was a day in his presence. That's spiritual rest. That's the day to yeah. be filled up so that you can do what he's told you to do. And when that hit mm-hmm. me, that was like, okay, this is why ministry gets fatiguing for so many of us, because we've heard the calling. But have we taken the time to sit in his presence and to get that level of rest needed to actually do the work we've been called to do? So good, because so many of us can just keep doing and doing and, and it's all good things. We're, we're serving, but we're not taking the time to be poured into. Yeah. And God is saying, hey, we it's like a back and forth. We need to get poured into by him. In order for us to be effective, to be able to pour out so true. to others. So true. We're serving from our emptiness and our overwhelm rather than serving from our overflow. Yes. Yeah. So good. Okay. So you uh, mentioned emotional rest. Uh, you said that it's when you no longer feel the need to perform in your book. Can you say more about this? Yes. Well, I think most of us have uh, the have some level of performance that we do, even when we're not trying to be inauthentic or fake or phony in any way. It's just, if you are someone who has a profession, maybe that you are expected to be a certain way, there may be a level of performance uh, associated with that. I find it also Mm -hmm. just without even having specific careers attached to it. I had a mom group I spoke with and they were like, you know, it's not just the career ladies that are doing that. It's also us. When I show up at my son's school events, I'm expected to look a certain way or, you know, to have these certain things Mm -hmm. happening. So I think many of us have this level of performance stress on our lives that keeps us in a, um, where we feel like we have to keep our true emotions and actions kind of under wraps. Emotional rest Mm -hmm. is when you no longer feel that need, where you feel like you can be completely authentic and open about what you're feeling and what's going on. And the reality of that is that can't be with everyone. There's a certain group of people that would be the ones that you open up to that level. I think Jesus gave us the best example on the Mount of Transfiguration where, you know, we see him at many times in his ministry with the masses and then he breaks away and you'll see him with the 12. And then in that experience, mm-hmm. it was the time when he was with the three and it was there yeah. that the fullness of who he was, was revealed at no time was Jesus trying to keep, you know, trying to be inauthentic or trying to deceive anyone, but he didn't reveal all of himself to anyone first, except for those three. And I think that all of us need to have that level of kind of a breakdown in our own relationships. That was so good. I love that picture that you just gave me and how so many of us get confused. Like, you know, do we have to be vulnerable to everyone? Okay. You can still be true to yourself and be genuine, but to really let your guard down and to reveal some vulnerability, there's a circle of friends for that, right? Yes. Yeah, so good. Okay, so your book uh, has lots of teaching stories in it. Do you have a favorite? 
I would say my favorite is the story that I discuss about a young woman who I ran into um, for the first time in the ICU where I was her physician. She had just had a horrific accident and the accident was basically because of her lack of mental rest. She was trying to use her commute home for her zone out time, which isn't very healthy if you live oh, in wow. a you know major city. However, many people do yeah. that. You know, they try to zone out on mm-hmm. their drives home. And so she, you know, missed the brake lights that were in front of her. And this was a horrible accident while we were rehabbing her through the ICU. And this part of the story that just really stuck with me was, you know, she was with us for over a month. And at the end of that month, she was ready to leave. I remember her writing a note to the staff and the note just basically state, I, you know, something along the lines of, I pray that the person that I've become in this hospital is the person that I remain as I leave. Her time of rest had been enforced. She didn't choose Mm -hmm. to take a rest during that time. But during that time of rest, she rediscovered herself. She had just kind of kept going through the motions because that was easy. It didn't require her to to have to think about her life choices and how things were progressing. And Mm -hmm. that's really one of the gifts of rest. You know, in the book, I talk about 12 gifts of rest. And one of them is the gift of reflection and the gift of boundaries Mm -hmm. and some things that she hadn't really even attempted to get, but desperately needed in her life. And so I think that stood out to me because that's, that's my hope worth writing the book. I pray that I don't ever have to have that situation again, where the Mm -hmm. rest someone needs is forced upon them because their burnout has led them to being on their back in my ICU, but that people can make Mm -hmm. a conscious choice to have to do some intentional restful type activities to keep at their best. Yeah, because so many have health issues because they're not stopping to rest. Mm -hmm. It starts to break down their bodies. And I can relate to being forced the rest. I had pneumonia. And so I was bed rest for three to four weeks. And it was right around the time we were praying about if we should move from Southern California to Austin. And I just remember I had three small kids and I was go, go, go. And we went and visited Texas for the first time. And I think it was just all of the emotional, mental, everything just took its toll. Mm -hmm. And so my body broke down, I think, basically, and never have I had pneumonia before my life, I come down with this. And that was a time of reflection. That was when I got clarity on if we should move to Austin or not. And I remember that being pivotal point in my life. That was the trajectory that got us to move to Austin was just sitting in bed and spending the time reflecting and talking to God that propelled us to move, to say yes to God and move. I love that. That's a perfect example. Like I said, I, I wish that it didn't come in the circumstances that it came wrapped in, no. but, but I find that to be the truth for many people that they, their yeah. rest ends up being a forced rest. And honestly, you know, this past few months has been difficult for a lot of people because it was a forced rest yeah. and they didn't know how to rest. So it just became a forced isolation or forced distancing without really knowing what to do with it. And I I think it's Mm -hmm. just important to, you know, start looking at it for each one of us. Really, what does rest mean to us? What does that restoration look like in our lives in the places where we feel like we're being depleted? Yeah, I was going to mention that because this is a good example of being forced to rest. (laughs) And I think we 
all enjoyed it at first. I think most of us did. It was just kind of like, oh, okay, once we got over the shock of having to stop our life for a little bit, you had to cancel events or the kids weren't doing their normal thing, your routine's not normal. And kind of once we got over that phase of shock, then it was like, okay, we have no other way of doing this other than just resting at home and life kind of seemed to be on pause for a moment. And so we got to come up with other things, family time. I mean, how many times I've asked women, I started these online Bible studies over Zoom. So I'd ask them, what is one thing you're grateful for during this time of shelter in place in the very beginning phases of this pandemic? And they're just like, I'm just so grateful to have more time with family, Mm -hmm. to have more of that quality time because our busy lives, people weren't going to work. They were maybe working from home, but then they were able to spend some more time with family because they weren't commuting and commuting to work. So it just seemed back to that same thing. I remember my old pastor, he would go and see people in the hospital on their last couple breaths and they would all say their last words when he would ask like is there anything that you would change and they would they all said I would spend more time with family none of them said I wish I I worked harder (laughs) or it's that eternal thing that you take with you you know people your loved ones so true What effect does work environment have on rest, which kind of carries into you giving examples of what you can do to rest in the middle of a busy work day? Yes. So uh, sensory rest is the next type of rest. And for many of us, our work environments play a huge role in how much sensory rest we need and if we have a sensory rest deficit. So if you're working somewhere where there's a lot of bright lights or you're using your electronics, your computer a lot, uh, or if there's a lot of background noise, you know, if there's phones ringing in the background, or if you're a mom and you've got high-pitched kids screaming in the background, you all of those play into your sensory overload. And for many of us, there's a level of sensory overload that we deal with on a regular basis that keeps us a little bit agitated. Yeah. And so being aware of that you know, can include just taking a moment to kind of um, step away from the computer to maybe even turn off, turn off the TV if nobody's watching it to allow yourself to have those senses downgraded some. Um, some of the simple things that many people do are, you know, set your computer so that the brightness actually goes down after a certain time during the day. Uh, Another type of rest we haven't talked about yet is creative rest, which is the rest that we experience when we allow ourselves to appreciate beauty and we allow it to awaken and inspire something inside of us. Many people feel this when they're at the beach. They, you know, they feel better in those kind of around bodies of water, around nature, around the mountains. That's the type of creative rest, as well as man-made beauty, like um, art museums, or if you're listening to music, all of those are forms of creative rest. So to combine that, if you're in a location where maybe there's something nice outside, maybe there's a garden or flowers planted outside of your workplace, you can combine the two and just take a break from your computer to maybe do a little five minute walk outside just to appreciate some of the beauty that's around you, just to be able to Mm -hmm. allow your senses to downgrade or, or to experience something new and to inspire yourself some so that you know, you're, you stay in a high level of creativity. You know, when I talk about creativity, I'm not necessarily referring to artists and musicians. 
all of us who do anything that requires you to be innovative, that requires you to kind of be at the top of your game, to be able to brainstorm and to to come up with new ideas requires creativity. And so creative rest helps to restore that area. So good. You know, you're opening my eyes to a whole new perspective on how I feel when I'm outside. I want to say I feel happy or I feel rejuvenated, but to say that it's considered rest makes total sense because when I get outside, it could be just the backyard. Lately, I've been going on these trail walks and just discovering these trails that I never really knew existed in my neighborhood. And I always got a peaceful feeling at the mm-hmm. beach, any kind of ocean. And and I get that way with the lake. So probably anybody's a water, I'm good. But that is really, really a new concept for me to look at it as a form of rest. And I can also relate to even social media. I'll feel got this irritation, like just a little mm-hmm. overwhelmed. And I know, okay, I'm I, probably been on my Instagram too long or Facebook too long. And I noticed that sensory overload and it doesn't really create rest. If anything, you're getting more of that, you know, motivational, inspirational kind of aspect of it, which is great day, but really relate to all of that. And so good to look at it as that's rest. God's creation. When you go outside it's giving you rest. I just have never have put that word <laughs> with how I feel <laughs> when, when I'm at the beach and all that. It's just, you know, I feel relaxed. I'll feel peaceful, but I've never applied the word rest to that. So that is so good. And I think that's why I try to get many people to uh, equate rest with restoration. Yeah. First of all, rest is in the first beginning of restoration, but because that's, that's what people feel when you experience rest, something has to be restored in you. Something has to be increased. So, you know, if we think about all seven types of rest as these seven little batteries that are kind of inside of Mm -hmm. you, as you go out throughout your day, you're draining different area, different batteries. You know, if you're talking with your kid, you may be draining your emotional and your social Mm because you're having, you know, relational interactions. You are thinking up your next podcast, you're draining some of your, your creative, you know, everything you do is draining a little bit from each battery. Mm -hmm. And then the question is, what do you do to pour back into that battery? Mm -hmm. How do you get it recharged back up? And for many of us, we pour out and we pour out and we drain and we drain and we are very unintentional about how we get these batteries kind of restored back up. And because of that, there's areas that stay very low and stay depleted. And those are the places where we start feeling fatigued and tired and overwhelmed. Wow, that is so good. What a great thing to remember each kind of each compartment, each component, and how can we restore that, our energy back? Because we're Mm -hmm. pouring out in each area. Oh, so good. Okay, so many people think of rest as a luxury. What would you say to them? Well, I think that's why our society is in the situation it is now. You know, really, we are in a burnout culture where, you know, people say things like, I'll rest when I die, or who's got time for rest, or rest is for the week. And with that, we see people who are hating their jobs, divorces at an all-time high, Mm -hmm. suicides at an all-time high, depression, anxiety, all of these things are rampant within our culture. And a large part of that is because we are living from our depletion. 
we are staying depleted and we feel like there's no hope. There's no way out because we feel like if I've laid on the sofa and watched Netflix for five hours every Saturday to rest (laughs) and it's not working, what other solution is there to help my fatigue? Mm. And really it's just re-understanding what rest means. And once you understand what, what it means, then you understand that it's also not a luxury. It is a necessity if you really want to live your best life. Okay. So let's end it with a little takeaway for the listeners, just kind of marinate on what would you encourage them with? Where, where could they start with restoration, with rest in their life? Well, honestly, the very first thing I have all of my patients do, I have them, I have a free rest assessment at Mm restquiz.com. So I have all of my patients actually start there because what I find is most people, when they learn there's seven types of rest, that almost feels overwhelming. (laughs) If you're tired, (laughs) it's like, oh my, there's seven things I have to do. No, there's seven parts that need to be filled, but chances are you're already keeping most of them pretty healthy. Mm -hmm. There's usually only one or two that are depleted. And so the quiz, a free assessment that lets you see which of the seven you're most depleted in, that way you can focus your attention on the area of your greatest deficit. Because when you reverse that deficit, that's when you start noticing the life change. So good. Okay. And where can the listeners find you? What's your website? My main website is ichoosemybestlife.com. That's where all the information is about the quiz as well as about the book, Sacred Rest. Yes. So Sacred Rest is her book and the rest quiz go out there. I'm going to go take that quiz. That would be awesome to see where I'm at. (laughs) Really be inspired to get that rest that is so well needed. Well, thank you, Dr. Sandra, for coming on here and giving us your insights and wisdom. I love it. And I know the listeners were encouraged. And now we all think differently about rest. Thanks to you. (laughs) Well, thank you, Jamie. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening today. I trust that God has encouraged you through this message. For more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com and sign up. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at jamieelizabethshespeakslife. That's J-A-Y-M-E, Elizabeth, She Speaks Life. Until next time, my friends, I pray God reveals himself through your own life story.